Covenant Eyes. Welcome to the Covenant Eyes podcast. We are in studio in Owasso, Michigan, and we're very excited to have our dear friend, Pastor Alan Parr, joining us for a, an interview. And of course, my partner in crime, Brandon Clark's here. Hey, Brandon, how's it going? Oh, it's great. I'm just so excited to, to be here in studio with Pastor Alan. We've yes. been having some great conversations. And today we're actually going to get a little bit of a different uh, uh, side to the conversation. Because mm -hmm. one of the things that we haven't really talked about with Pastor Allen before on the podcast is just a little bit about him and right. his background and how he got to be on YouTube with 1.1 million subscribers and, and reaching so many people with the message of the gospel. So I'm excited to dive into that today. Absolutely. This is going to be a good conversation because we often don't get behind the curtain and get to know, you know, the people that we're actually interviewing and that, um, you know, that we talk to quite frequently. So Pastor Allen, tell us a little bit about, you know, where your history and just kind of how you got where you are today, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. So first of all, thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, I love what you all are doing and uh, excited to be here so yeah so I I went to college for engineering and actually went to graduate school got a master of uh, electrical engineering in wow. Cleveland Ohio and so I thought that that was going to be my career mm -hmm. and so I graduated from college in 1998 and moved here to Michigan uh, not that far away from where we are now in Detroit to work for Ford Motor Company and so when I was there never really felt that engineering was my love and my passion it was just I was good at math and science and it, it was a good career for you know making money and mm -hmm. supposed to set me up for financial success long term like most people do when they go to college just want a steady yeah. job and so I got a chance to preach the word and uh, do uh, some Bible studies, teach on Tuesday nights and Bible studies, and I've realized this is what I was called to do. Like wow. it was almost immediately, I felt like, wow, this I could be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking, how can I make plans to adjust my life or make some adjustments to to really pursue my career or my passion as a minister? So I left Detroit, Michigan, in 2000 and came down to Dallas. Went to Dallas Theological Seminary in 2000 to 2004 and without going into like a million different details <laughs> um, so from 2004 when I graduated until 2014 I worked at different churches in different capacities mm -hmm. I was a worship leader for most of that time I was working at small churches uh, serving as a Christian education pastor I was doing youth ministry just kind of odds and ends but I was also a high school math teacher Oh, wow. And so I was, yeah, I was bivocational wow. because I could never yeah. get a full-time teaching position at a church or mm -hmm. being a pastor. And so for about 10 years or so, I was just trying to figure out, God, what is it that you would have me to do in ministry? I know mm -hmm. I have this gift to teach. I know I have a passion to want to reach people, but I just didn't quite know exactly what that looked like. Mm -hmm. And all that time I was single as well. And so I, that's a whole nother podcast we could probably do a story on why I was single till I was 40 and all of that but uh, everything really just came together in 2014 2015 I met my wife in 2014 yeah. on Valentine's Day 2014 we met in church and then we ended up getting married and then I would say a couple months before we got married I started the YouTube channel the mm. beat which stands for biblical encouragement and truth and really the motivation for why I started that was because I was at a point where I was frustrated with 
not really getting opportunities to speak, mm -hmm. not getting invited to podcast at Covenant Eyes. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> nobody yeah. knew who I was. Nobody was interested in inviting me to the church unless they needed worship music, unless they needed mm. something, you know, me to lead worship. And I wasn't really um, respected as a Bible teacher, so I didn't really get a chance to do that. And I was always at the mercy of waiting on pastors to... Mm -hmm to ask me to teach a Bible study. And I just said, you know what? I'm not going to wait around anymore. I know I'm gifted for this. I know I have the theological background. I've been to school. I'm going to start teaching the Bible online. Yeah. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of us doing it. Now, no. there's a whole bunch of Christian YouTubers, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. But at the time, there just really wasn't a lot of people doing that. Right. But I started to see the reach that you could have online. I looked at how uh, non-Christians were using YouTube at the time and they were reaching people with their message yes. with hundreds of millions of thousands of views all over the world. And I said, well, how much better would it be as Christians if we could leverage this YouTube and Google algorithm to reach people with the truth? Right. And so yeah. I started a YouTube channel, started putting out videos once a week and over the past eight years, God has grown it to where it is today. That's amazing. I always like looking back, right? So you hit a certain point in life and you look back where you were. And I really believe everything happens for a reason. Like mm -hmm. everything we go through, God is allowing us to go through that for a specific reason. How do you think the engineering background played into your journey? <laughs> I'm just curious about that. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> but, I, but I will say this. I think that having the background with math, and science and engineering mm -hmm. really set me up for my career as a high school math teacher. Mm -hmm. Because remember, when I came out of seminary in 2004, I was tunnel focused on, I want to be in ministry full time. I don't want to be an engineer. I don't want to do any of those things. Mm -hmm. I just want to serve God. That's why I went to seminary. That's why I gave up my career. But it didn't work out like that. I wasn't able to get a full time ministry position for the better part of, well, even to this day, I've never had a full-time ministry position except the one I have now, which is through my own ministry. Yeah. But yeah. For, for the for the 10 years after I graduated from seminary, I, I didn't have, so I had to find something to do to provide for myself. And so that background in math and science really propelled me into teaching high school math, which I, at the time, thought I was only going to do for a year or two or just not even that, just, mm -hmm. as, just as long as I could need to, I, just as long as I had to do it until I could find a full-time church job yeah. but as we were talking about yesterday I really see it as the providence of God because had I gotten hired at a church a mega church and let's say I was making really good money as a staff pastor I was you know getting chances to preach 10 to 12 times a year I was had my weekly Bible studies and had my benefits I don't think there would have been this hunger and this burden to mm -hmm to want to do more, I would have been very content there. And I definitely believe it was the providence of God that all the doors were closed for me to work full time at a local church for 10 years. Cause I tried, I tried to, I mean, I tried to apply for all sorts of open positions at churches and I never could get hired for any staff position. Now looking back, I would like, it's because God had a unique ministry for me online that I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm, mm. That is awesome. 
you know, it's it's funny because you spent all that time as a high school math teacher, and what a great opportunity there just to be a Christian in the schools and be able to share. I mean, there was probably a lot of ministry happening there without even trying, right? Yeah, I was. I mean, I did that for eleven years, and that was just a, a great, great experience. I got a chance to to talk with so many people, so many young people. Actually, I won Teacher of the Year in 2015. Oh, I was wow. really excited yeah, for the, yeah. the, uh, the district. And I just, I mean, I loved my time there, but I always knew that this isn't what I wanted to do full yeah. time. But um, the opportunities that I had to make a difference in the lives of young people, mm-hmm. it's just even now I have students that had me, you know, whenever, um, they were in high school and they'll see me out and or they'll see me on Facebook and they'll reach out and they'll say how much they appreciated my class as well as the you know, advice I've given them and things of that nature. Yeah. So um, from that, you know, I, I'm very appreciative of that part of the journey. That's great. Yeah. So a lot of our pastors and ministry leaders that listen to the podcast probably have a deep desire to leverage technology in their ministries to help reach people that maybe aren't walking through the doors, you know, and and are in the community. Do you have any advice on how we can harness technology for good and use it in a way like you have to reach and teach the Bible? Yeah, well, I think that it starts with seeing the opportunity Hmm. because I think many of us have been conditioned to see ministry is happening within the four walls of a church. And obviously the pandemic has uh, forced us as a (laughs) culture to look beyond that uh, alternate ways for how we can communicate with people. And Mm -hmm. so the first thing I would say to um, any ministry leader is to just broaden your perspective on what you see ministry as. Because I would say five years ago, probably most ministry leaders didn't see YouTube as a viable ministry outlet or a viable ministry expression of your ministry, right? Um, I, you know, you can, I'll tell you a quick story. A few years ago, I had a young lady who reached out to our ministry and somehow she and I got on a Zoom call and I was helping her, I think, log into her access for one of the courses that she had gotten Mm -hmm. from us or whatnot. And uh, she said, well, do you know how I found your ministry? I said, well, no. She says, well, I have two twin daughters. They're mm-hmm. 28 years old. Mm-hmm. But one of them has passed away and she mm-hmm. committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And she's now in heaven. But people from my church and other people told me that she committed the unforgivable sin, that she was going to be in hell oh. and that she didn't have time to repent. And so therefore, mm-hmm. I'll never see my daughter again. Mm-hmm. And I was broken up about that. So she went to YouTube and she typed in, is suicide the unforgivable sin? And my video popped up in the search results and she read, she watched the video and she realized that suicide is murder. And just like God forgives murderers, he will forgive uh, my daughter and that uh, she is forgiven as long as she was a Christian and she was. And I will see my daughter again. And she was so comforted by that. And she wanted to tell me that. And so I bring up that story because sometimes we think, oh, I just press publish on a video and it goes out in the stratosphere, cyberspace yeah. somewhere. And we don't know impact it has. But that's just it. Every time there's a view, there's an impact. Yeah. Every view is a soul that you that's can right. reach. And so that would be the first thing I'd say is see it as an opportunity. The second thing I would say is 
don't get intimidated by all the stuff that you have to do, the tech and different things, because um, that's another thing is a lot of people, I don't know how to do this. I don't know mm -hmm. how to... I didn't know how to do any of those things whenever I started in 2014. I didn't. I was a high school math teacher, right. you know. Yeah. I didn't know how to work a camera. I didn't know how to do any of those things. And I was a team of one. Wow. Most pastors probably don't have to start with a team of one. They mm -hmm. probably have at least one or two people from their church where they can say, "Hey, can you just set up the cameras and the microphone and let me sit down and and teach and do what I do, answer mm -hmm. questions and things of that nature." So, um, dedicate some resources from your ministry to be able to um, have an online presence. That's great. And that's yeah. also a weighty call too. So, I mean, if we're able to reach so many people using technology in that way, we better make sure that we're preaching and teaching according to God's <laughs> word, right? Because yeah. there could be a downside to that too, because now everybody seems to be online, right? And everybody wants to be an influencer and everybody's oh, got yes. a YouTube channel. And so that false doctrine is also getting out there into people's hands so how do we combat that you know I mean is there anything that we can do uh, you know you're online you've got a YouTube channel I mean do you just continually put out good biblical teachings and and hope that it just kind of supersedes all the the bad stuff out there yeah well I don't think there's a way that we can control because like you said you know 20 years ago in order for you to have a platform or an influence you had to have a pulpit you had to have a stage mm -hmm. an audience and um, a lot of times there was a vetting process of, you know, how you got there. Yeah. You know, we would call it being ordained or licensed as a minister. And oftentimes you'd have to go to some sort of theological school, uh, not necessarily have to, but it's encouraged. Yeah. And so it wasn't as easy to reach mm -hmm. people with the word of God. But nowadays, like you said, anyone in the world can start a YouTube channel. Yeah. And that's where it can be so dangerous, which is yeah. the reason why I would love to see more Bible-based, solid, theologically sound pastors yes. using their gift and their platform because we need more um, biblically-based teachers teaching the Word versus people who are just taking scriptures out of context and mm -hmm. leading people astray. Pontificating yeah. in their basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love imagery when it comes to names. So like the beat, right? Biblical encouragement and truth. But you have a heart on there. Right, and you, and you have a uh, a heartbeat mm -hmm. in in the logo. Yeah, and when I think about the beat and and, and what that means, it really is giving a, a heartbeat back to the church. Right, you can tell by the hundreds of thousands of views, even millions of views on on some of the videos that there is a deep longing and a thirst for truth. Mm. And I actually think that we're hitting this point in our culture of where. There's a lot of talking heads, mm -hmm. but people are searching so much for authenticity that when they find it, it sticks and it draws attention. Have you seen that in this ministry? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, I think that that is definitely part of it is, yes, you can communicate the truth. You can be biblically based. But at the end of the day, people want and need to see um, someone who is genuine, someone who's authentic. Mm -hmm. Someone that they can trust is uh, a viable source for truth. So mm -hmm. authenticity is really, really important. But you can have authenticity and also have false doctrine as well. Because yes. there's a lot of people on YouTube that are very, very kind, very mm -hmm. authentic, very genuine, very personal in their um, presentation of their beliefs. But, um, you know, they're maybe not trained theologically enough to 
to uh, understand how to discern the Word of God and teach it in a way that's biblically accurate. Mm. I'm curious to know too about the balance because there's a lot of different topics that you talk about and <clears throat> on YouTube you really have to have like a tile that grabs attention or, yes. or something that is going to rank really well with SEO. Yes. How do you find the balance between choosing a, a very good topic that maybe not a lot of people are talking about in the church and not being, you know, clickbaity, right? Yeah. Still, still drawing them in to get them the truth and recognizing that there's a certain level you have to go, but you don't want to draw them in and, and leave them feeling like, you know, that they've been taken or, you know, like they're wasting their time, basically. Right. right. Well, and that's true. And that's an issue of integrity. Um, you know, whenever we as Christian YouTubers put out a video, I think there is a big difference between creativity and clickbait, right? Mm -hmm. Creativity would be, uh, for instance, the video I just put out today, which was, uh, it said something about um, false prophets like these will lead you astray, mm -hmm. right? And um, I talk about the story in 1 Kings chapter 22, where King Ahab was led astray by his prophets and he didn't listen to the true prophet Micaiah, right? So I'm creative in the title and I'm saying, hey, false prophets like these will lead you astray, right? Uh, to me, that's a creative title because it's 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 creating intrigue. Like, okay, well, who are the false prophets Alan might be talking about? Mm -hmm. And then they click and realize I'm not talking about any person. I'm not mm -hmm. naming any names. I'm talking about types of false prophets mm -hmm. who just tell you what you want to hear. That would be creativity. I'm good with that. Clickbait would be if I put on the thumbnail pictures of a whole bunch of people right. that right. I don't even reference <laughs> in the video at all. Right, yeah. but I'm using their faces to get people to yeah. click on it because I know that people are drawn to drama and they like the smoke and they like all yeah. of the mm -hmm. you know the, all of that and they if they see so and so's picture, ooh, Alan's talking about him. Let me click, and then the whole video I don't even talk about that person. To right. me, that's not integrity. That's misrepresenting uh, what the video is about, and so there's that fine line. And we as Christian YouTubers have or Christian or just YouTubers in general. We have to be very careful with that because mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we're not so desperate for clicks and views yeah. that we present ourselves as people who are not honest and don't have integrity. Right. Yeah. How do you steer clear of, you know, all those cultural topics that everybody wants to talk about, <laughs> but really, I mean, at well, the end of the day, is that really what we should be talking about? Yeah. Karen, that's hard. That is very, very difficult because... As a YouTuber, we we want we want to have views. Mm -hmm. We want to have engagement. Um, our views directly affect our ad revenue, how right. we provide for our families. Uh, we it, it if I'm being honest with you, it it um, it strokes our ego mm -hmm. when we put out a video and it gets four hundred thousand views in one day. Yeah. I mean, who would not? feel good about that yeah. right that's a lot of people and it makes you feel like you're someone sure so the temptation is to do what seems to be working I use that yeah. in quotes now which is you know a lot of pop culture stuff mm -hmm. putting celebrities pictures on your thumbnails yep. because unfortunately we're living in a culture and this is the sad reality that more Christians are interested in that stuff than mm -hmm. if I put an overview of the book of Ecclesiastes mm -hmm. Most Christians would look at that and be like, I don't want that. Right. But if I put, you know, someone's picture on my thumbnail who is 
uh, a, a pop artist or someone in the culture. Right. Um, let's just say Justin Bieber or something like that. Yeah. Oh man, I want to click on that. You know, right. and it's so sad. It's 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 a commentary on where we are as a culture today in our Christians. Yeah. Um, is that we're more drawn to that stuff, and so there's a temptation mm-hmm. for us as YouTubers, Christian YouTubers, myself included, sure. to say, hey, if I want to keep up with these other guys yeah. and I want to get the views and all those things, yeah. then I need to I need to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have decided whether we get the views or whether we don't, I'll be creative. But what do people need to grow spiritually? I always come back to that. What, what are the... Uh, what are the biblical principles that I need to teach people so that they'll be a better husband, oh, a better so Christian, good. a better father? Is it teaching them about this new person's new album and how mm. maybe there's some value here, but at the end of the day, if I have your attention for 15 minutes, I'd rather teach you something that's going to help you grow spiritually. Absolutely. And whether that means we get 40,000 views or 400,000 views, I'm sticking with what God has called me to do. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you for doing that too, because that's got to be a challenge. I mean, that that's got to be a tough balance. Um, one question I have for you too on the the YouTube channel work that you do is your goal really though to help drive people to that local church where they should get connected at the end of the day. I mean, obviously you're providing them with you know food and and biblical truth, but is that kind of your mission? Is to help connect them to good Bible? believing churches locally so they can have community? I'm so glad you asked that because, and I'm really, really glad you asked that because sometimes it can be presented as if Christian YouTube is a, uh, is a um, either or when okay. it comes to the local church. We like to see it as a both end. We, mm-hmm. we, we are, my wife and I, we are active members of our church. We have a small group. Yeah. We, uh, we believe in the local church. Uh, we're members. We believe in giving to the church. And so we want everyone to find a solid Bible-based church because they're going to be able to do things for you that we won't be able to do as a ministry. We're not going to be able to walk along with you and give mm-hmm. you counseling and, and do small groups and, and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So we can provide you with the truth and how to discern truth from error and all those things. But <clears throat> we're, not, we're not going to be a church family. You need that. And so one of the things that we really push people to do is, hey, you know, yeah, you can follow us and you can get the biblical content from us, but you really need, you need a church family, you need a church home that you can be plugged into. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things, but also uh, what people may not realize is for us, our, our end game and our goal is not YouTube. Right. I mean, you know, right. yeah. like, like people, a lot of people don't know that we have a ministry called Let's Equip that is a nonprofit ministry that is the umbrella under which the beat, the mm-hmm. YouTube channel falls. Because our goal, we, we're not, we realize that YouTube is up and down and it's dependent upon the algorithm. Yes. Uh, they might promote your videos, they might not. They might censor the video, they might take it down. So our ultimate goal is to, um, is to really move people into our biblical literacy program, which we have online courses, we have a community, online that people can uh, be a part of Mm -hmm. because we're all about basically our whole mission is to take people from being a disciple to a disciple maker Mm -hmm. that's That's what we want to be able to create i love that enrichment aspect of it because really when you think about it going to church on on a sunday right 
you get a couple hours and then you're off into the world the other six days a week unless you're involved in like a small group or something like that so being able to have that enrichment throughout the week is really important and one of the things I was thinking about too with the YouTube channel is there's intentional divisiveness which you were talking about like ragging on this person or that person but Jesus also had divisiveness when he came and taught as well what I think is different about the divisiveness that that is presented when when you talk or you produce a video is that it's rooted in truth mm. and so ultimately we're leading people back to that truth and we're, we're almost creating this tension interiorly in their spirit mm. of of going deeper and finding out well this 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 triggered me somehow why did that trigger me and maybe diving deeper into that am i is that any yeah i mean it's it's true something within us is resistant to change is resistant to anything that's going to go against my sinful desires my flesh because we want to do what's going to make us feel good so anytime you present something to someone that is challenging them to make a change in their life that they're not really ready to make or if you're challenging maybe a belief system that they've held near and dear because maybe their beloved pastor that they grew up with taught this and they love that person and they don't want to let go of that. There's that tension of, do I change my beliefs? Do I change my behaviors? Right? Um, and I think that um, that's natural. I think we all wrestle with that at some point, which is the reason why we're trying to teach people, okay, yeah, I know this is what you've been taught, but based on the principles for how to interpret the Bible that I've laid out for you here, do you think that what you were taught is consistent with what the Bible teaches? And we want to get people to start rethinking those things, even if it creates a little bit of tension and you know division in their mind or even in their relationships. But more importantly, their behaviors. Yeah. We want to challenge their behaviors as well. That's great. Well, this has been a really fun conversation, kind of letting our viewers get to know you a little bit and also learn a little bit more about your YouTube work and how that can be leveraged to really get the word out and also preach and teach to people all over the globe, right? You're reaching people in every country, I can imagine. So in closing, are there any like last minute closing thoughts for our ministry leaders or pastors as they maybe look at ways to leverage, maybe not YouTube, but Facebook Lives or other tools that are out there, what should they keep in mind as they start working on those things? In COVID, everybody jumped in, and I don't think anybody knew what they were doing, but <laughs> now true. maybe they're coming crazy. up with strategies. So yeah. what would you advise them or if you could give them a pointer? Yeah, I would just say um, be intentional about it because if you just say, well, I'm going to get on YouTube and I'll do my best. <laughs> We know that's not good. That's not a plan. That's a that's a desire. That's a thought, but that's not an intentional strategic plan. Right. Um, I would encourage people who see the value in once again expanding their ministry, not replacing it, but just expanding and allowing um, other people to benefit from their uh, their wonderful Bible teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, to be intentional about it. To have some conversations with their team. Set aside some time, some resources and um, really make this a priority and and then just go for it. Got to start somewhere. And right. also realize that where they are now is not going to be where they are, you know, five years from now. Um, for us, we, we, the first year on YouTube, we had 1,500 subscribers after one year. 
And that was after one video a week. I never missed a week. 52 videos <laughs> in lot. one year. <laughs> wow. And we had... 1564, 1,564 subscribers Aww. after the first year. And I could have been like, this is a waste of time, you know? I'm never gonna get to where other people are. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the Lord has blessed it and Absolutely. consistency and faithfulness. Great, awesome. so be strategic, have a plan, and then just be get consistent. out there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and trust, trust in God, too, yes. right? If, if the Lord is truly <laughs> calling you to that, he's gonna provide the way to, to make it flourish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brandon, it has been another amazing yeah. conversation with Pastor Alan Parr. It's just been such a joy to, to get to know him a little bit more at a personal level. It really has, and and before we end the podcast, I wanna make sure we mention his book, too, because oh, yes. it's on sale. We did another podcast yeah. episode, but Misled, Seven Lies, that distort the gospel really want to encourage our listeners to get that book because there's a lot more involved in, in, in unpacking the truth and dispelling lies which it really is is what we've talked about as a mission of pastor allen's absolutely well covenant eyes family thanks for tuning in for this episode be sure to like the podcast share the podcast and send us your thoughts and feedback we love to hear from you yeah. and what we can do in future episodes so take care god bless we'll see you next time